are starting a new series called Home for the Holidays, and it has a broken ornament. And uh, I don't, I am very proud of this. I did this graphic myself. I'm very proud of it. Um, so if you have any complaints, it goes to Michelle at livingspring.com. Uh, but uh, anyway, it's uh, practical tools to help us thrive this holiday season. So in the holidays, for some people, they look forward to it very much. For some people, they don't look forward to it at all. For those of you like myself who lost a parent or a loved one very recently, um, you are excited about the holidays, and then you experience a situation, and you're like reminded, you're touched, and you go, oh, that's right, they, we have this pie because it was their favorite pie or whatever it is, and, and it can bring some heartache. Um, it can bring some heartache as we have family members come together. It can bring heartache for when uh, we have family members together and maybe there's a rift between two of them. And so you're, um, you're scared that one isn't going to show because of the other. Sometimes you're scared that they're both going to show. <laughs> you know, you just, you just never, you never know. For some of us, the holidays are awesome all the way around. You've already decorated. Like June, you were like, okay, where does the reindeer go? And you've got it all figured out, and your family's in great shape, and everybody's doing well, and that is awesome. That is awesome. We celebrate that. And so what we're hoping to do over the next four weeks is for some of us, these tools will be essential for you to get through the holidays, and for others, it'll just be a reminder. For some of you, you might go through this series and you might go, Lord, thank you so much for my family and friends. This is an awesome season and we love it. And that's great too. And that's what's really cool about being part of the body of Christ. We all come with different families of origins, different socioeconomic realities, different cultures in our background, different cultures currently, and we all come together and we celebrate the most important thing, and that is the birth of Jesus. So this morning, what we're going to do is we're going to talk about a tool that I'm going to share with you that is very common. You probably know how to do it, but maybe your tool needs to be sharpened a little bit. Maybe it needs to be dusted off a little bit. And that is the tool of gratitude. And gratitude, thanksgiving, and recognition, those things I lump all into one thing, is so important for every single one of our relationships. Now, I have a very active mind. It's probably too active. You can call it ADD. You can call it OCD. You can call it overthinking things. You can call it never being able to like come to a conclusion because you're always gathering information all the time. It's why I don't belong to a political party. Like by the time I die, I'll be like, you know what? I did pick a side and then I'm done. All right. That, that'll be it. Right. Because I just overthink things and everything's going very quickly. And so um, I, I, my wife and I have a joke. Well, she'll go, what are you thinking about? And I'll go, Really? Like you really want to, you want to go down that journey because it's quite a journey, okay? And so sometimes I'll let her in on it and she'll go, wow, wow, that is amazing. Not that it's smart, it's just like, why did you think of a scarecrow with two donut horns? I don't know how, it just comes up. 
I didn't even practice that. That just came out, right? So you can see that. And so what I do is I work out a lot. Now you're like, what is this sermon all about? So I work out a lot because what I've realized is if I, I'm like a puppy that needs to be run. If I just exhaust myself enough, my brain calms down and I can get through the day normal, like, like as a normal human being. And so I work out, and so not to be like fit or cool or anything out, it's all for my brain. And so I go to the gym, the guy at the gym, I don't even pick my own exercises. He just tells me, this is what you're doing, boy, and I do it, okay? And then, and then my brain for the rest of the day is super calm and relaxed. But the benefit of going to the gym is that I have muscles that I've worked out at the gym that I don't realize I even needed until something happens. Like, so our granddaughter was home uh, at the house for this past week. And I know grandparents, I know, I know what it's like to feel like your grandkid is the best. They're not. <laughs> My grandkid is the best. Okay? So, sorry. First place is taken. You guys can fight for second. Um, and so, I, I, I'll, like, when, when she goes to grab something, you know, and I go to grab her and I realize, hey, that's pretty good. I, I, I feel like those muscles have been exercised. And so, out of the blue, when I don't really think I'll need those muscles, I use them and I'm like, hey, I'm really happy. Today, I'm going to give you a muscle that you can work on at any time, and when it comes up and you use it, you can change the temperature of a room, you can change the temperature of a relationship, you can change the entire outlook of what's going on, and that is being thankful, being grateful, recognizing what someone is doing. And so often, it's the hardest to do this in the relationships we're closest with because those are just expectations. Well, of course they're going to do that. That's, that's what the, of course she's going to carry the baby. We said we were going to have a baby, and she's carrying the baby. I don't need to thank her for carrying a baby. Like, that's what happens. Everybody knows that, right? So you're all looking at me like, oh my gosh, he's, that's terrible. Right, because that's what happens. When you're not thanked, when you're not recognized, it's a really big deal. I'll give you the, the best example I can think of. If I'm out, at let's say I'm going to Starbucks, all right? And I'm out, and I go, and I open the door for somebody at Starbucks. And they walk through, and they don't look at me or acknowledge me. I'm like, hey, buddy, come on back out here. Why don't we start over again? Why don't you take that? Why don't you come back out? Will you come back in and at least give me a thank you or anything, right? And I, I become like a little baby. Like a little baby. You, I opened the door for you, but you did Because some, there's something about doing something and not receiving thanks. And then here's the other weird thing about thankfulness. If they overdid it with thankfulness, that would be weird. Like if, they, if I opened the door for them and they stopped and they went, what? You? I'd be like, hey, man, everything's cool. Just head on in. Right? 
And so thankfulness and gratefulness and being recognized is this kind of weird human thing where like, you don't want to overdo it, but you don't want to not do it. It's just awkward. And if you say, if you're the person who says, hey, I would just appreciate a thankful, thank you, you look like a five-year-old. Like you can't bring it up because then it doesn't even count because the person is like, oh my goodness, I'm so sorry. You're absolutely right. Thank you. And you're like, I'm lame, right? Isn't it, isn't it weird? Thankfulness, thankfulness is all on the shoulders of the person who's being served. It's our response, especially as Jesus followers, it is our responsibility to recognize, to thank, and be grateful. Just as an aside, the worst thing at Starbucks is when you open the door, you don't get thanked, and then now they're in line in front of you. And they don't know what they're going to order. Like, Starbucks has been around for like 30 years, and you can't figure it out by this time? Like, you don't even know? And so I'm like, I never should have opened the door for that person. So anyway, that was just a personal thing. Like I said, there's just too much going on up here, all right? Okay, so what do, what, what do we do? Well, what we're going to do this morning is we're going to look at two sections of Scripture. The first one is, uh, they're both out of Luke. One is in Luke chapter 17, so we're far into Jesus' ministry. And then we're going to come all the way back to part of the Christmas story and look at this idea of why it is vital, vital, especially during the holidays, for your relationships and my relationships that we recognize what people are doing. Because the people we're going to hurt the most are the people closest to us. Because they're the ones that you would just assume, well, they know I'm thankful. Unexpressed thankfulness feels like ingratitude. And it feels like entitlement. Because you may feel as thankful as you've ever felt. But if you don't express it, it looks like entitlement. Does that make sense? Nobody knows what you're feeling. You have to say it. You have to say, thank you. You have to say, hey, I really appreciate all the work you put in. Here's one last thing before we get to the scripture. Our hearts, you're welcome, our hearts are designed to be drawn to people who recognize us and thank us. This is why so many marriages are on the brink because there's somebody at work, there's somebody at school, there's somebody that's recognizing the person you love better than you, and it's coming at a cost to your relationship. So you have to, my goal for this morning, if you're watching online or you're here right now, that is that you will leave and you will outthank everyone in your circle of influence. You will be one of the ones, and we'll get to that in just a second. All right. So Jesus is traveling around. He's on his way to Jerusalem, and he's passing between Samaria and Galilee. I didn't have time this week to get you a map to show you where that is, but it's a remote place, okay? Between Samaria and Galilee is remote. You say, well, why is that important? Well, for the next part of the scripture, we'll see, you'll get a context. Because remember, when this was written, the writers who would have gotten this thing from Luke, would have gone, they would have think, thought in their mind, like, oh, yeah, they're in, you know, Redlands or whatever. Like, they can 
they would be able to picture this space, okay? So while they, he was on his way to Jerusalem, they were passing through Samaria and Galilee. He entered a village. Ten leprous men who stood at a distance met him. So back then, leprosy, um, we've pretty much eradicated it, but it was a skin disease. And there's a whole bunch of things that would happen if you had leprosy. One is you'd have to be quarantined. That was in the law. That's in the Old Testament. That if you had leprosy, you must be quarantined. And so you would. And then what they did was what humans do. Anything that they don't understand, they're scared of. And then they make up weird rules and they you know, ostracize people and marginalize them. That's what we do as humans. We're real good at it. And so what would happen is you'd get this skin disease and you would have to be in a commune of other people who have leprosy because you were not allowed into the community. So picture this. You get a disease. You cannot be around your family. So at Christmas time or whatever, if you still have the leprosy, you can't go. And there's no FaceTime. You're just there with this community of other people who are wounded, who are emotionally scarred, who are isolated. One of the worst things you can be as a human being is isolated. You couldn't have a, um, a, a way of making a living. You couldn't even beg because you did that at the city gates with all the other beggars. You couldn't be around anyone. And then you had to yell out. Leprosy, leprosy, so that everyone around you would know to stay away from you. And then the, one of the problems with leprosy, just as a scientific thing, is you start to lose feelings in your extremities. And so people think, oh, with leprosy, your limbs fall off and all that. That's not necessarily true. What happens is you don't have feeling. And so, you know, you're leaning on a hot stove and you're like, what is that? Oh, it's my fingers. Okay, that's... That'll leave a mark. You know, you're just kind of there. And so you damage your, your, your extremity. So now you begin to damage things and you begin to be kind of off-putting, right? The way you look and the way you act and the way you smell and everything. I mean, when, 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 when an early church person would have read this, 10 leprous men. And here's the other thing about this. This isn't a parable. You know, you could picture Jesus going, you know, there were 10 leprous men. And you'd be like, oh, wow, this is real. This happened. So 10 leprous men stood at a distance because they had to be at a distance, and they met him. So they, maybe, they, maybe Jesus is in the back of the room or whatever, maybe that far away. And they raised their voices saying, Jesus, Master, have mercy on us. And so uh, to, to understand this, uh, Jesus has already healed the leper earlier. And so word would have gotten out, hey, Bob, Bob got healed. <laughs> the other thing that's not cool about leprosy, but interesting, is um, Gentiles and Jews did not associate with each other. They did not, Gentiles and Jews, no, no, no. It's like Democrats and Republicans. Just no, no. Both sides are not only wrong, they're evil, right? Okay, so I'll kind of give you an idea. But when they have this thing in common, they would actually commune together. So you would have a colony of leprous people who came from all different backgrounds because they, they had this one common ailment that united them. Now, just as an aside, as your pastor, 
We don't need to have a war for us to all get along, okay? <laughs> you don't have to do that. But in this case, they had this ailment. And so they were like, whatever you believed before, it doesn't matter. We need each other. And so here's where we find these men. Have mercy on us. Almost, you could almost fill in like you did that one guy that we heard about. This is so cool. If you don't, if you didn't understand that, you'd wonder what he's saying. Then he saw them. He said, go show yourself to the priest. Now, a couple things. If you read that wrong, it's like, yeah, go show yourself to the priest. You know, you can kind of take it that way, which that's not what Jesus was doing. But he was also raising his voice. He's not, he's engaging with them. He wants them to hear him. Jesus, master, have mercy on us. And Jesus stops everybody who are just like, oh my goodness, don't let the leprous people. And he says, go show yourself to the priest. Now, what he was commanding them to do was what you're supposed to do when your leprosy starts to go away. All of a sudden, you, you see it's, it's, it's going away and you're, you're beginning to be healed just through how God designed our bodies. And so your job, when it got cleared up, and it was cleared up for a couple days, you would go to the priest, and he would look at you, and he would give you a declaration of, you are healed, okay? Now, I don't know how, that, how he did that, if it was a certificate, or like you get a medal. I, mean, I don't know how it all worked, but they figured out a way. And so he would say, he goes, go to the priest. Now, he was asking them to go before they were healed, Watch what it says. And as they were going, they were cleansed. Let me just stop and preach for just one little second. You guys, this is the Christian journey. If you are waiting to be healed before you obey, you're going to miss out. It's a step by step by step process. You say, John, I've been on this journey for a long time and I'm still struggling with this thing. As you go, you will be healed. As you are part of a community of other lepers, <laughs> like we all are, other broken people, as you take those little tiny steps that you think, man, I look at this person and their life just seems like they know the Bible better and they can pray better and they have their life together and I know for a fact they don't sin like I do. Jesus says, go. Stay on the journey. And as you go, as you'll see on Wednesday night when we hear testimonies and we hear people talking about what they did in their small groups and some of the things that they heard people say and how they applied them to their life and they began to change, your life will change. Okay, that was just me preaching. We'll move on. Has nothing, just a side note. That was for free, by the way, just all free. As they were going, they were cleansed. Now, listen to this. Now, one of them, when he saw that he had been healed... So he's walking along, doo, doo, doo. he looks, hey, this little spot that always gave me problems, that one's gone, he keeps going, keeps going, keeps going, looks at his hand, oh, oh my goodness, he finally gets to a place where he's healed. Listen, listen, he never made it to the priest. The guy never made it. He's going along, he saw that he had been healed, and he turned back glorifying God in a loud voice. 
Like, ain't nobody need a priest. Like, I'm healed. Now, watch. You go, okay, so he's going, going through this process. He falls on his face uh, and fell at his face at his feet, giving thanks. Giving thanks. Now, this is Jesus, okay? So Jesus is very self-aware. Jesus is perfect. Jesus is not needy. Jesus is, doesn't deal with family of origin issues. His dad kind of had it all together. Jesus, like, had it going on. If anyone didn't need to be thanked, it was Jesus, right? Sometimes we do things because we want to be recognized. Sometimes we do things because we want to be thanked. Sometimes we're like the Pharisees, or maybe it's just me, okay? I'm just talking to myself. Maybe just me, where we give or do something in order to be seen by men or women to be important, right? We do that. Jesus didn't have any of that. He did not need to be thanked. Then the writer, who's Luke, writes this incriminating statement. And he was a Samaritan. If you're reading this, if you're a Jew and you're reading this, you're like, oh, this would be like, and he was a Republican, right? For those of you who are on that side, or he was a Democrat. No, Democrats don't say thank you. They're entitled. They're whatever, whatever the mumbling and grumbling is. But here's what I want you to see. He didn't know any better. He's like, why do I need to go to a priest? First of all, I don't even follow the priest. I don't even do your dumb laws and all these dietary things and all this. I'm what, I just get mocked by you being called an uncircumcised, blah, blah, blah. All your labels and all that kind of stuff. All I know is this. I had leprosy and now I don't have leprosy anymore. So I'm going to go back to Jesus. Watch, he says, then Jesus, you know, of all the things Jesus could, could say, of all the things Jesus could notice about this, like, hey, man, I gave you an order to go to the priest. You didn't go to the priest. How dare you not follow all my instructions? No, Jesus knows the thoughts and intentions of the heart. He's looking at the heart, and here's what he says. Jesus answered and said, were there not ten cleansed? But the nine, where are they? As a matter of fact, in the Greek, it's kind of cool to read this. It says, the nine, where? <laughs> like, I healed ten of you, right? There's only one that comes back to say thank you. Now, again, here's the important part. Jesus didn't need to be thanked. He didn't need the attention. He didn't need that. What Jesus is showing us is this is the correct response. As a matter of fact, I was thinking about this idea of thanksgiving, and I was thinking about us thanking God. But there's so many verses in the Bible that command us to thank God that I would be here for literally a 12-week series trying to figure out which verses I'm supposed to use and take out. It's like, it's like in the Bible, like, John, can you show me a verse that says I need to pray? Like, yes, it's called the Bible. Just read the Bible. Like, it's, it's too big, right? Of course we're supposed to praise God. And we'll see this in a second with Mary. But Jesus is saying, what, what happened? Now, 
Here's the interesting thing. This is what I believe. I could be wrong. I tend to read a little bit too much into the Bible myself. I think these other nine were Jews, actually. I think they were like, I can't move on until I get this done. I can't get back into my community unless I get that certificate from the priest. And isn't that all of us? I don't have time to thank you. I'm in a rush. I don't have time to thank you. I'm doing my own thing for the party. I'm doing my own thing for the family. I'm doing my own thing. I'm busy. I've really sacrificed here. What you've done doesn't compare to what I need to do or have done. They're just doing what you typically do. And the Samaritan, because he's not embedded in all this stuff, because he's not close to Judaism, goes, I got to thank this dude. And this is the shift I'm hoping we can bring into the holidays. So let's say you got a mom and your mom says, we're having Thanksgiving at our house. And your mom's house is horrible for Thanksgiving and she's not a good cook. And you're just like, no, it'd be better to have it at our house. We have young kids, everything's set up. You have a cow collection of ceramics and it just, we're going to bring the kids and it's just going to be, uh, we just don't want to have it at your house. And nobody understands. And mom's like, we have to have it at the house. We've always had it at the house. So you go to the house, right? Right off the bat, you are not thankful for anything. You're actually not thankful because now you got to watch all the kids to make sure they, they don't break one of the cows, which was made in China most likely, but it's very important to her because it's cows, Right? And then we miss out on this opportunity to bring healing and restoration and recognition and value to go, Mom, I just wanted to thank you for having us over for Thanksgiving. To you and I, we're like, this was a massive inconvenience. It would have been way better to have it at the house. But you're thinking like a Jew. You're thinking like someone who's embedded into a system and you have to check off a bunch of things. And what Jesus, I believe, wants us to do is to think outside that box. Spouses. When was the last time you really sat your spouse down and said, here are all the things I want to thank you for doing? You do the dishes. Thank you. You do this. Thank you. Now, it's uncomfortable. And one of the reasons why, I'll just speak for men, okay? Maybe women are different. Saying thank you says, I need help. I need you. I needed you. I needed support. I needed you to do that. And for a lot of times, for men, that's hard. Men, you need to get over that. You need to stop that. You do need help. I need help. You need help. We all need help. And if we need help, then we say, thank you. Thank you so much. I really appreciate it. It can come in the form of a text, of a direct message, of a FaceTime video, of an email. It can be a phone call. You can leave a message, however you want to do it. Because someone is going to thank your spouse. And our hearts are drawn to those who recognize us and thank us. And so we need to do that. Kids, for those of you who are kids... I know your parents are supposed to feed you and supposed to clothe you and supposed to provide shelter for you. But I'm telling you, and don't tell them I told you this, 
If you want your boundaries expanded of what you're allowed to do, be a thankful person. They'll give their parents, I'm just telling you, it's a little secret thing. Most parents don't even talk about that, but we're just honest here. When they get a thank you, now your mom might fall over dead because she's not expecting it. But to just say, mom, thank you so much for making my lunch. Dad, thanks for getting off work early and watching that game. I wish you didn't scream at the ref so much, but that's okay. Thank you. These things are so small, I almost didn't even preach on it this week. But it's so easy. He says, was no one found who returned to give glory to God except this foreigner? In other words, anybody can do this. And Jesus, who doesn't need to be thanked, you're not fulfilling a requirement to let the person feel, oh, good, I opened the door at Starbucks because it's like, if I don't receive a thank you, I didn't even notice I needed a thank you until the person just walked on by and I'm like, man, I hope, I hope you get hit by a truck. But whatever it is that goes through your mind was no one found. And then he says this, he closes this loop, which is so cool. He says, Stand up and go, your faith has made you well. What? All he did was say thank you. Listen, thankfulness is an expression, not merely an emotion. Nobody knows what you feel. They don't know you feel grateful. You could be at a meal, have the best Thanksgiving meal in the world and go, I feel so blessed. I feel so amazing. I feel, oh, I feel so thankful for my family. And say it. Say it. I'm thankful for you. So here's what I'm going to do. I'm going to lead by example. I want you to know Living Spring, whether you're watching online or you're here. I am thankful for you. I am grateful for you. You allow me to do what God has called me to do, and I would have to do it with horrible people because God would make me, and you guys make it easy, really easy. I love it. So thank you. I appreciate you. I see you. I recognize you. I know a lot of you work all week long, and then you make it to church. That is hard. You get your kids ready. That's really hard. I know, I was on the other side before I was a pastor, trying to get my family together, saying words you're not supposed to say. I got a cuss jar in my car, on my way to church, shoving dollar bills into it. Right? I get it. Thank you. I really appreciate it. All right, it's an expression. We say it. Now, you might have been uncomfortable by that or whatever. That's not the point. The point is, Jesus goes, the nine, where? The nine, where? My kids, where? Like, I, I do all of this over and over and over. My spouse, where? Be the one. Be the one out of 10 who tells the server who got your order wrong. Thank you so much. I appreciate you. I know you're working hard. Be the one. Now, we're going to take just a couple minutes, and I'm going to show you what happened with Mary, because thank you doesn't have to say the words, thank you. It could just be like, hey, 
you're always on time. Like if you're a manager, whatever, you're always on time. You always do your work well. You're always thoughtful. You always care for the other employees. Or if you're a teacher, you go to that kid, hey, you, you don't disrupt or whatever. It's just a recognition. Watch what Mary does when um, she finds out that she's going to bear the Messiah, right? She just starts blurting this out. Now, again, like I said, these are muscles that get exercised. They're fast twitch muscles. And so when you find yourself thanking someone, you know you've worked that muscle out a lot. That's a good sign if you're appreciative. And here's what she says. She finds out that she's going to bear the Messiah, and she just blurts this, my soul exalts the Lord. It's just another way of saying thank you. Thank you for recognizing me. Some of us, I didn't talk about God at all, but some of us need to get into a habit of thanking God every morning we wake up because my lungs work and my heart works and my brain works and everything works. Thank you, Lord. My soul exalts in the Lord for my spirit has rejoiced in God, my Savior. For he had regard for the humble state of his bond slave. In other words, as far as the world is concerned, Mary shouldn't have been bearing the Messiah. It should have been someone important. She says, for behold, from this time on, all generations uh, will count me blessed. For the mighty one has done great things for me. This is another way of saying thank you, thank you, thank you. And holy is his name. And then she starts, because this is why I know she's got fast twitch, uh, thankful muscles, because she just starts blurting out scripture, okay? And his mercy is upon generation after generation toward those who fear him. He has done mighty deeds with his arm. He has scattered those who were proud in in the thoughts of the heart. He has brought down rulers from their thrones. He has exalted those who are humble. He has, again, she starts blurting scripture. He has filled the hungry with good things and sent away the rich empty-handed. As the worship band returns, he says this. He has given help to Israel, his servant, in remembrance of his mercy, and he spoke to our fathers, to Abraham and his descendants forever. This is probably one of the simplest messages I've ever preached in the time I've been here. It's so easy and so practical, but this is a tool that you will have, and we're going to talk about three more in the coming weeks. I really encourage you to be here, but this is a tool that can change the dynamic of every event you attend this whole holiday season. It can change the posture of your marriage. I just want to say a couple things real quick. If you are the recipient of a thank you after this message, do not say, is that from the message? Okay? Now it's on you and you're the ungrateful person. Okay? Just receive it. Oftentimes, again, um, men, maybe some of you, I know some, of, I know some women in this church as well, they do not like being thanked. It's like this is an obligation. And now public thanking, I understand. I totally understand. You know, stand up and we'll thank you. I get that. I totally get that. But you have to be able to receive this too of someone saying thank you. And you say, that's very encouraging. You're welcome. 
That wasn't so hard. And so as you engage this week with your friends and family, just make a game of it. Find stuff to be thankful. Work those muscles. Work them. And then all of a sudden, out of nowhere, you'll be somewhere. And you go, hey, thank you so much. I really appreciate what you do. And you're like, oh, yeah. My thankful muscle's getting pretty good. All right. What we're going to do now is we're going to end with a song. And we take this time to reflect. And so we have the altars open. And you can come and pray. And maybe you want to come to Jesus and just say, Jesus, thank you. Thank you for changing my life. Thank you that on the way I've been cleansed. That I'm not there yet, Lord Jesus. I know you told me to go and I'm and you told but I know I can look back and I can see where I was a week ago, a year ago, 2 years ago. I'm not there yet. Thank you for not leaving me during this journey. Being disappointed. Maybe do that. Maybe you come and you pray or you stay in your seat and pray and you just say, thank you so much for my family. The first thing I'm going to do when I get out of here, I'll send a text to my mom. Send a text to one of my kids. You are a joy. I just can't wait to see whatever it is. For some of you, again, the holidays are tough and you might want to have prayer at the cross or someone that will just pray for you right, right there. And, and you just say, I, I just want someone to pray for me. And they'll pray for you. Nobody cares. Nobody looks at that and goes, why do you think they're going up there? Nobody does that here. You're safe. You're safe. Lord Jesus, thank you. Thank you for humbling yourself and taking the form of a bondservant. Thank you for leaving the right hand of the, of the Father and coming down and limiting yourself to become like a human. Thank you for every single time you were tempted. Every single time a thought came into your mind that was not there, you took it captive. Thank you for showing us that when it gets really, really, really hard, we can still handle more because we can go to our Heavenly Father. Thank you for not uh, falling into temptation. Thank you for being faithful to the very end, to die and even death on a cross. Thank you for spending time with your disciples. It gives us hope that we too can be a disciple, even with our flaws, with our sin, with our history. You can make us new. Thank you for the church, which is a group of misfit toys all coming together, doing our best, trying to follow you. Thank you for all you've done. we go ahead and stand for the blessing and now in the name of the Father and the Son and the Holy Spirit I pray you would go in his strength in his peace in his joy and in his love in Jesus name Amen have a great week and we'll see you next time